bitch is bad and bullshit. Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Erica. And I'm Amy. Oh. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> Ooh. <It's> great. <laughs> I'm laughing, but you can't hear it. <laughs> Been there. Been there. It's misogynist of the week time. And uh, honestly, before we get into it, Amy might be giving us a feminist <laughs> proverb, but uh, it's hard to tell. You might not be able to hear her. <laughs> Half of all oppressors sh- should be women. A white feminist proverb. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that is white women in Thanks, a nutshell. Twitter. <laughs> that is exactly is there it. someone named Caitlin Jones on Twitter? Of course. I'm her new biggest fan. Caitlin Jones? Yeah, she's probably white, though. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Hundo P. Hundo. I haven't heard that in like, since the last time oh, I yeah. heard that she's song. <laughs> uh, so, um, for this misogynist of the week, we are giving you a buffet of misogyny yet again. Because there were several things that were bad, nothing egregious. But uh, we did want to start off with uh, former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. And uh, he is the father of uh, progressive conservative uh, cabinet minister in Ontario, uh, Caroline Mulroney. Um, And uh, he said today on a French program, or this week, on uh, Radio Canada's French, uh, one of their French programs, Tout le monde en parle. Uh, In French, he said, Caroline is always there to defend the interests of Francophones in Ontario. And he said this because in 2018, Ontario's progressive conservative government came under fire for eliminating the province's French language commissioner and for canceling plans to build a French language university. And so um, Amanda Samard, who is in the PC caucus or left, was Was. in the PC caucus. Yes, she uh, is an Ottawa area um, member of parliament or provincial parliament and uh, left the PC caucus because she was so upset and distraught by these decisions by her her party that she left the caucus and she now sits as an independent. And um, so Brian Mulroney um basically said that uh he described Samard as the little girl who resigned has left. Um that was the direct translation from French and basically referred to Samard as a uh, a little girl which um spoiler alert is uh not in vogue. I don't know if it ever was to refer to a woman as a little girl who is actually a grown woman. I mean, she's, yeah, she's a grown woman. I actually went to law school with her. She's a lovely lady. Uh, she used to work for the Senate. She's a lawyer by training. Like, she's not, you know, I mean, I don't know how much law she's practiced. Probably more than Carolyn Mulroney, though. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, but she's definitely grown. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if the same could be said about Carolyn Mulroney. 
Yeah. She's like not done much for herself. But she's, you know, skated by in her name. Skated is the operative word there. (laughs) Okay. I will say there is nobody who has done so little but achieved so much in such short (laughs) a space of time like Carolyn Mulrooney. And really, Brian Mulrooney making reference to like... And don't tell me that he didn't know. What is he like? The man is like fucking 100 years old. He's been on this planet long enough to know what what condescension looks like and what like insults sound like. So don't tell me this. Oh, he's an old man. He he didn't know. The man was a fucking prime minister. Okay, how would he did he did he talk to Margaret Thatcher and call her a little girl? Me thinks not. So obviously he knows that that is not something to not. Um. Uh, uh, characterization to use on any woman of re- that he is trying to show respect to. And I will say that hearing this makes me understand his daughter's lack of anything, really, any sort of substance, any sort of direction, any sort of anything beyond her own ego. I am surprised that Brian Mulrooney hasn't called his own fucking daughter a little girl because, frankly, she's done nothing. I mean, even Donald Trump has referred to his sons as little boys. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but they're they're but the throwaway like, children. Sure, but that doesn't Ivanka's carry the same the, prize. the same connotation no. when you talk about someone in their official capacity yes. as a member of provincial parliament doing an act as a, as someone holding public office that so many people thought was you know either brave or bold or you know spoke to a lot of Franco Ontarians. Um, or and sure, she is probably supported by a lot of people in her riding. Um, you don't call that you don't you don't mm-hmm. use dismissive patronizing language to refer to someone acting in that way. You can you can if he called his own daughter a little girl, that would be probably okay. It's kind of uncool for a dad to show up at your work and call you a little girl, but <laughs> yeah, I, but at least a bit more me. reasonable yeah, than referring totally. to a pol- someone who you've now built as a political opponent to Carolyn Mulroney as a little girl. It's there's nothing. It's nothing but infantilizing. How, how fucking undermining is that? Mm. Like it's, it's bullshit. Just, also, who fucking asked for your opinion? Yeah, you know what? You know who? The people who keep putting him on panels, like the one you referenced last week, Aaron. That you remember that panel? Oh the yeah, pre- the, the, the PM P- series. PM series panel. Stop putting these fuckers on panels because obviously they have very little to add. Yeah, uh, although like, I feel like Samard kind of let him get away with it because she tweeted. Mr. Mulrooney attempted to defend his daughter, Caroline, who completely dropped Franco-Ontarians. He has done great things for Canada, but his words belong to another time and place and have no place in a respectful and egalitarian society. And I think that... I don't hate that statement, though. I don't hate it, but like I feel like you know he was quite patronizing. I just don't think it's quite equal. Well, I mean... She's not us. Uh, she's not gonna be like fuck you, son of a bitch. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's See, a conservative. I mean, she's conservative sure. by nature, and she's all almost all. She's always been partisan, and she's always been like a, you know, capital C conservative. Even though she now sits as an independent. Um, so I mm. mean, you know, I don't think she's gonna go that far with a former prime prime minister who is still mm-hmm. relatively well regarded in those circles, right? Yeah, they don't want people like, see, this is what I always say. They don't want people like like 
like me or you or you in in fucking political office because can you imagine i would have been rolling out a campaign against him for that mm-hmm. i would have been mm-hmm. like and this is what we're gonna this is what we're gonna tweet out on monday and this is what we're gonna put on facebook on tuesday and i would have i would like the point is is that these are people who play by the rules of politics of of propriety especially so i don't think that she's going to come out and say and even say that that was wrong which is unfortunate to be honest because i think he needs to be told like by apparently by a woman that he is wrong and that he he need did he apologize for that you yeah said? he said he uh just misspoke yeah mm. yeah i think it was like a french translation probably used oh, okay. the wrong words i see yeah i don't know petit fee is not much better i don't know that that's like a traditional expression used in quebec <laughs> to refer to members of provincial parliament yeah correct me if i'm wrong yeah yeah and he's and also she's such a like a you know even if he met young woman the, like if that's such a political issue though you should have the respect of knowing her name sure. period like or don't refer to her at all. You know, you want to talk about present politics, then talk about present politics and know the players. If she's inconsequential, then don't talk about her. But don't don't be, you know, don't be callous and dismissive and infantilizing mm-hmm. and hide behind the fact that you use the wrong word. If she is if she is a force or she is an issue or the questions being put to you, you should fucking know her name because I'm pretty sure he probably knows a lot of the other male conservative players in the Ontario scene. And if he doesn't, he shouldn't be opining on any of this shit, period. Yeah. So the second thing this week is uh, the U.S. political press and their coverage of political Democratic presidential candidates. And uh, so on March 20th, Nate Silver from 538 tweeted out some data that said, which candidates announcements got the most press coverage? It looks like their order is roughly speaking. So first was Bernie Sanders. Second, Beto O'Rourke. Then there was a gap. Then third was Kamala Harris. Fourth, Elizabeth Warren. A gap. Five, Cory Booker. Six, Amy Klobuchar. A huge gap. And then everyone else. And then another poll came out today on Sunday, um, a poll from Iowa, which is where the, the first major um, decisions or votes or caucuses are being held. And um, basically, the poll says that um, Pete Buttigieg, the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who is very openly gay, he's a millennial, he, uh, a poll of... Um, done by Emerson polling said that um, basically had Joe Biden prospective Democratic candidate in first place um, with 25 percent, Bernie Sanders at 24 percent, but Pete Buttigieg at uh, in third place, um, which was shocking ahead of somewhat. So he Buttigieg had 11 percent and then Kamala Harris was in fourth place with 10 percent. And there was some conversation on Twitter today about basically how um, the media basically propelled uh, Pete Buttigieg to third place in Iowa because they had there were so many fawning profiles of him. I'm not saying that they're undeserving, but you know he's got 
all of these this press coverage and you've got Bernie Sanders with all this press coverage and Beto O'Rourke with all this press coverage and all of these stories about mm-hmm. whether or not Joe Biden's going to be running mm-hmm. and what his plan is. Meanwhile, you've got Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, Kirsten Gillibrand, who are failing, flailing in the polls because the press just isn't giving them the same space as they are these white men. And um, you know what? I'm kind of over it. I'm over it. I mean, it's shocking to me that... Yeah, I mean, name recognition is a big part of it, but name recognition comes from media recognition. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's like the Beto thing we talked about last year. Like, it's wild how overnight they've... Like, I think media attention to his race made him a household name Um, in a way that a lot of, you know, Kamala Harris's accomplishments should have made her a household name a long time ago. But that's not been the case. Um, and there is absolutely like an, an institutional bias in the way media reports on candidates and, and the type of reporting they choose to give to them, right? Um, and, and how it's framed. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in the next uh, coming weeks. Erica, did you have something to add? Well, I, you know, I, I think that the media likes to play like victim in these scenarios but they do pick winners and losers and Mm -hmm. they do they do the whole actually the whole trump 2016 election was about how they gave him all this free media and so it made him like and all his policies basically household names i mean he was already a household name before but the point is is that they gave validity to him and to his his quote unquote ideas, um, which I have a problem with, but whatever. Um, and how though, and how that cons- consistent media coverage was distributed, earned media is a thing and it's valuable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Beto O'Rourke was, a, was able to raise more money than Bernie Sanders because of that media coverage. It's not because of his policies. It's not because of where he's going. It's because he gets so much pro, like, like media coverage that's pro him. So, of course, he's going to raise a whole shitload of money. You, like, basically, the U.S. media has been, been bombarding us with him for for literally months Mm -hmm. like even when he didn't say anything about running for president all the media coverage between his loss in november and now has been will he run Mm -hmm. is he gonna run will he run what's the speculation here's what it would be like if he run here's the policies that he would have if he and nobody said shit and that's the thing is that nobody did that for kamala harris Mm-hmm. Or Elizabeth, not on the same plane. No, it was, it was, like, oh, Kamala's got a book coming out. Oh, she must be running for president. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this innocent, we're just the media, we just report facts subjectively. It's just bullshit. And this is the thing that, like, I find that media and media person and media editors especially have a tendency to run away from your platform. You have a platform. What you choose to highlight is telling. What you choose to ignore is telling. It all speaks to what your values are, where you're going, which side of an issue you're on, because you're not objective. This idea that we have objectivity in the media is horseshit. 
because exactly what the whole um, choice of what to report on is not objective and how much space to give it and where to put it on like a physical newspaper if those still exist and like (laughs) if and and like how your website is laid out and what you choose to highlight on that website all of that are choices those aren't objective so kind of keeping in the vein of media coverage um we did kind of want to point out that uh in the wake of the new zealand um attacks you know they were able to new zealand's parliament was able to pass um, very strict gun laws and they banned all semi-automatic weapons and uh, their prime minister jacinda ardern has been you know very much at the forefront of this of these um policy discussions and announcements and short of a few pieces about the ban in general um and a daily podcast, the New York Times daily podcast talking about how they managed to get this legislation passed so quickly. Um, There hasn't been a ton of media coverage on the prime minister herself and the type of leadership she is espousing Um, because we typically, and I don't know if it's because New Zealand is such a small country, but we hear about Elizabeth May, sorry, not Elizabeth May, I mean, we hear about Elizabeth May, too. But uh, we hear about Prime Minister May in the UK um, and the Brexit situation. And we hear negative things about women, female politicians in both Canada and the US. And specifically when Hillary Clinton was running, you know, it was a lot of like, oh, she's disingenuous. She's all of these things. Her voice, her clothes, her hair. emails. (laughs) Her emails. All of these things. But when we finally are presented with a very positive female politician, we don't fucking talk about her. Well, and then in some corners of the internet, you have people who are being um, like going after her for having worn a headscarf to attend like at the mosque and to attend different ceremonies, which is Mm -hmm. just like another another platform for people to like lob their Islamophobic views. So that was really interesting because all... um, female um, news reporters on TV wore headscarves that same day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like they're not, I mean, there's no, as well as to go to like most churches in Jerusalem. So like, I don't know what people are fucking on about, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like we're, 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 we don't, we're not talking about the type of leadership. She's what she's doing to be an effective leader. What, how she was able to get a coalition around this like gun rights, like against like the gun rights movements and, but also like like, regulation. Yeah. So when we first talked about her a couple of years ago, we talked about her being very pregnant and, um, there was like something like two weeks after she gave birth, she was doing some sort of like YouTube or social media address to, uh, the New Zealanders and she had her baby in her arms and was just like, yep, yeah, well, like, I'm a mom now and, like, I have to do things with my baby because my baby's breastfeeding. And, I like, the baby needs comfort. And it was more just like she's a very real person. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about the things that make her attractive and give her, like, at, and talking about her as, like, an aspirational thing for women to 
look to we're like oh okay well cool like what traits can women um co-op from men to be quote-unquote good leaders right yeah i i think that we really need to take a hard look at what is hot what what um leadership looks like in new zealand right now because this is a new model that we don't see a lot we are being treated to a new model of leadership and it is female and it's not uh i do pick on hillary clinton because she just reminds me of exactly what you were talking about about men uh women having to be like men to get the power of men to oppress other women and it doesn't look like that to me there is still strength and poise and resilience but there's community I mean, the amount of like when she basically said she defined what the other is. Do you remember in that speech when she talked about Mm -hmm. how, um, you know, people who come here to make New Zealand their home are us. The people who exact violence on them are not. They're not us. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing, but. At the end of the day, I mean, that is a line in the sand that has been drawn. That is, it's decisive and it's definitive. And yet you could still, you could still be strong and compassionate and all of those things. And I think for most, for the most part before, this was kind of theoretical. And now we're seeing it play out in, um, in a society that's just reeling from this violence and it is honestly a treat to watch. We're lucky to see this. And I just want to see, I want to know how many women, other female leaders are going to notice that and use her as sort of like um, a guiding light in terms of how they want to form their leadership Mm. But also, will this go towards us making different demands of our leaders? Mm. I mean, I hope it does, but I I really do think we're seeing something pretty phenomenal right now. Great. Well, well I'd like to re- uh, correct the record from earlier. So I don't think that woman was white. So I just want to clarify that. <laughs> you're you're proverb i'm very concerned now caitlin yeah she seems like really badass uh indigenous activist so I'm just cool reference that sorry caitlin sorry caitlin i'll follow you <laughs> 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 all right well send us any recommendations for misogynists of the week you can send them to us on social media we are on twitter at bad and bitchy on Instagram at Bad and Bitchy Pod, Facebook slash Bad and Be Podcast, and you can also email them to us, Bad and Be Pod at gmail.com. Bye! Bye. Bye.